Hello, welcome to the show. Today's topic is going to be about anxiety. Now, I will share with you that I have suffered from anxiety for a very, very long time. However, I didn't know I had anxiety. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like. And in the years since I have found this, I can recognize it so much more easily. And I've spoken to many other women that suffer from the same issue. And this is not limited to women, um, but that's my primary focus here is doing that. So what I plan to do is discuss my situation a little bit and then help bring up scenarios that make you think, is this something I've dealt with, whether you know you have or not? Um, What are some good practices you can do to get through this? I am not a licensed doctor or anything of that nature, but I have spent plenty of money on therapy and learned some good techniques here and there that I love to pass on and help other people. I was first diagnosed with anxiety shortly before I got married in 2015. And it was very interesting because I didn't know what it looked like. And I would just get so stressed out that shortly before the wedding, about two weeks before, and if you've ever planned your own wedding, you probably had a moment where you want to throw up your hands and say, forget it, let's go to Vegas and get hitched. We did not do that. We had a wonderful ceremony. Everything turned out perfect. It was great. But during the time, it was very, very hard navigating that and not having a wedding planner and doing all these things. But it it turned out to be a really, really wonderful day. During that time, I had a lot of other issues that were going on. My dog was getting old. And at that time was the only thing remotely resembling a baby that I ever had saw in my future. And I knew he probably wasn't going to live for more than another year or two. There were some stressful things at work going on. I was still very new into my uh, business, opening that up. So everything was very volatile. I didn't know where things were going to be and where I was going to land. Now, here's what anxiety looked like for me. It looked like some mornings I would get up and I would go into my closet. You know, I would take my shower, I'd get in here and I'd say, okay, what am I going to wear today? I'm looking at a closet full of clothes and some of them I'm like, oh, that's too tight on me or, oh, that's too big on me. That That's not flattering. Oh, I wore that last week to this event and three of the people I'm going to see today are the same three people that saw me last week. I can't wear the same thing for that again. And then I would say, oh, no, I can't wear this. This is unprofessional. Well, I need to wear dresses. Oh, by the way, I grew up in a time where you had to wear pantyhose as a woman um, to go outside with dresses. And now... It is just, in my mind, the biggest waste of money, and I won't ever do it again. But who knows how much money I spent on pantyhose and nail polish, you know, trying to fix the runs and the tears in there and getting the shoes out and doing all the stuff because I thought I was being a quote-unquote good girl and doing what I was supposed to be. Then, of course, I had to think about the weather because... In Texas, where I've been for the last 11 plus years, it gets very, very hot in the summer. And on those days when it's kind of crazy, you have to dress in layers and then don't forget humidity and if it rains. And oh yeah, my hair gets very, very frizzy. You know, if I could see everybody's hands, I'm sure I'm getting a lot of heads nodding or people raising their hands and it's like, yep, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. But it would get to the point where I would be in my closet I'm looking for this stuff and saying, okay, I really want to wear tennis shoes because they're more comfortable. Oh, my tennis shoes look terrible. You know what? That doesn't say professionalism at all. 
But then I didn't have a pedicure done, so I couldn't wear open-toe business shoes. And don't forget, there was a time that that was not even acceptable. Then I would have regular shoes, and now I usually wear booties. It's interesting to me how things change. And when I have people that scoff at the amount of shoes I have, it's pretty amusing to me because I'm like, you don't, you don't understand what this goes through, what it is, and, and how this pressure can add up. And in some places, I've seen where it doesn't appear to matter. However, I've seen on more than one occasion that my appearance and how I am dressed affects how I am treated. I have seen this with when I used to wait tables once upon a time. When I did something with my hair and I put makeup on, I received better tips. I used to debate about it and think, okay, should I really spend the extra money on the makeup? Because yes, I get better tips, but is enough money to offset that? Is it really worth it? Is it really me? Later in life, when I wanted uh, to get noticed in certain social circles or when I go to business meetings, there was a time when it has to be a dress only for me. Now I can't stand wearing dresses. Fortunately, I'm in Texas and in Austin, and we can get by with Texas formal, which is usually a good pair of blue jeans and booties in my case, or boots for some people, and a nice uh, top and blazer. I can even throw on a cowboy hat if I'm really feeling festive. I generally don't do the cowboy hat on a regular basis. That, again, does not mean it gives you hat head. But for those of you that do, amen, go for it. Now, as I'm going through and talking about this, I, I'm really thinking about like what would happen. And I'm not talking sitting in my closet for five to 10 minutes. I'm talking sitting there for 20 to 30 minutes and on the verge of tears because the anxiety is so paralyzing. How do I get up from this? Why is this such a hard decision? This shouldn't be a big thing, right? And you think about as women, as business owners, as spouses, how many decisions do we make in a single day? And, you know, honestly, I've never counted all of them, but I would be remiss if I said it was anything less than hundreds. And in some cases, it may be thousands. And it becomes a very, very daunting task. And this is all tied into my mind of what do people think of me? What do they think? And there's part of me that's gotten through that and said, you know what? That's okay. I'm not worried about what people think from me. But when you're trying to get money from them or get you to sign contracts and stuff, you do care what they think of you because you want to be seen, in my case, as professional and doing this. At the same time, for me, wearing a suit every day did not make sense. It did not fit the profession I was in. It did not fit my personality. I have suits. I like them and I wear them when necessary, but they're not always necessary. And then, of course, there's the added cost factor to that. And once I did have kids, that changed everything because I'm sorry, I'm not chasing any of my kids in a pair of heels. The boots are hard enough as it is. I really need to wear tennis shoes and go be able to chase after them and have a good time. Or there's the times I would get dressed in the morning and then my son would spit up on my shirt great, now I have to change my shirt and I'm just hoping I have enough that I've kept up on the laundry and dry cleaning if necessary so that I can keep moving. So I'm, I'm hoping all of you out there are relating to this, know someone like this, understand exactly what I'm talking about. Now you're saying, okay, Julie, that's great. I'm so glad I'm not alone. I d- totally agree with you, but what do I do about it? That's the crazy part. The first time I found out I remember talking 
talking to one of my aunts later on, and I told her about this. And she, in my mind, has always been so well put together. I love her house. I love her business. I love everything about her and her husband and what they do and everything. And, and that has been something that I've wanted to achieve my entire life. And I was so amazed when I talked to her one day and she shared with me, she had the exact same anxiety down to getting in front of a closet, not knowing what to wear and almost on the verge of tears. I could not believe it. And when I saw her and and I realized this, I was just blown away. I'm like, wow, here is someone who I thought had it so put together, yet she struggles with this too. Now, moving forward to my therapist. Now, this this helped a lot for me. So she gave me some exercises, one of which is kind of a half hug to yourself. And so if you can literally wrap your arms around you or you can take your hand and place it over your chest, okay, close to where your heart is. And what she told me this does is it opens up and it allows your body to release oxytocin. That's the happy hormone. That's why when we have our babies, we're in love. And even if we just had a horrible delivery, we're saying, okay, I want to do it again. We'll talk about that in another episode (laughs) to say we love our children, but sometimes I have to wonder if we're crazy. I don't regret my children at all. I love them. They're very, very much wanted, but both of my pregnancies were very, very difficult. And so, but if you hold that there, you can release that hormone. You can let that go. I remember calling my therapist on the phone one day because I was so stressed out that I didn't know where to begin. I was so overwhelmed. And she told me, and being self-employed, I didn't have a boss to tell me where to be. And most of my life I had had that. And she said, well, Julie, I'm going to be your boss today. And she said, I'm telling you to go take a 10 minute break. She said, you have to walk out of the room, go take a walk, do anything, but you cannot do work right now. And then I came back and we followed it. And then we talked about some other things. Um, This is around the time adult coloring books got, became really popular. And so we did those. What was great about it is she said it's just enough to start coloring with some colored pencils for your brain to work on something else. You ever notice how sometimes when you forget working on a big project and then you go do something else and things just pop into your head and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that. Well, it's the same idea here. So I'd put a timer on and I would cover for like 10 or 15 minutes. And what it would do is keep my body and my hand just busy enough so that my brain could process and it would start sorting things out. And then before I knew it, I was writing my list. I could do a, a what we called a brain dump and dump everything out. And then I could get an organized plan together. That is something that helped me tremendously. If you've never tried it, you know, give it a try. I know there's a lot of people who say, oh, no, coloring, that's, that's not enough, not enough. You know, not every single thing is going to work for you, but it's worth a try if you've never done it. Journaling is a big thing. I, at times, have written in my journal. Sometimes I write just random stuff that's popping in my head because I need to get something out. Sometimes it's a matter of instead of screaming, which screaming can be okay in the right circumstances, but not always (laughs) in the right social circles, and I would just write everything. I'd write, I hate the world. I hate this person. I hate this. So if anybody ever reads my journals, do not take them seriously because I didn't really hate the world. (laughs) 
I didn't really hate everyone, but I was so mad and frustrated that I had to get, I had to get it out. And at that time, I didn't have the words and the skills on how to express myself. My husband would always say, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Leave me alone. And my husband, he, he meant so well. He, he could just kept coming and bugging me and bugging me and it would make it worse. I'm, I'm a very literal person. So if someone tells me, or if I tell them, I want you to leave me alone, I literally mean, I want you to leave me alone where he's had the experience of some women will say, oh no, leave me alone. But they really don't mean it. They actually want them to, you know, they want him to pry the answer out of them. And so ladies, no matter what kind of relationship you're in, be straightforward with that person so they know. My husband and I get along really well now and we know each other's quirks. We've been together for years, so it's not as hard. But as we wrap up with our time, I just want you to think about that. Think of some examples of anxiety that you've dealt with. Think of what can you do differently? Will these techniques help? Maybe there's some other things. Maybe you've never thought about yourself even having anxiety. Look for some resources online. Reach out. Talk to some other women friends, especially if they're moms, because a lot of times I feel that moms get isolated after this. And just see, just see, you know, of course, go to someone you know and you trust and, you know, very supportive. And if you don't have that... Let's, let's find that for you. Let's uh, look out there for a mom's group in your neighborhood. Look out there and see if you can find someone that you work with. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's not. There is hope out there. There are people out there. And like I said, every time I talk to new women, even if I've known them for years, I'm amazed to find out the amount of stuff that they've gone through. I had no idea because I was either wrapped up in my own world or because I didn't know them at that time and I didn't see it. And that happens a lot because as women, we're taught not to show this. We're taught to hide it in a market. And so a lot of women with anxiety and sometimes with depression, they don't answer the phone. They stay hidden away. You know, how do you know if there's something wrong or if they're just hiding away because they're having a bad day or if they're really just busy? And that is the trick. And that is why we have to check on each other. We have to lift each other up. And my goal with this podcast is to empower women. I want to reach out there and see every woman be successful in every area of their life, knowing that it's very, very difficult. And it can be done despite the unrealistic expectations that are put on us. And those expectations are being the perfect spouse, the perfect mom, the perfect career woman, whether you own a business or you work in a corporate job, or you do somewhere else. And then you still have to be friends, and you still have to, oh, go take care of yourself, because I'm going to give you an hour, and I'm going to watch the kids. Well, that's nice, but that's not nearly enough to take care of yourself. Self-care is a big thing, but self-care should not be a luxury. Self-care should be built into your routine. So this is Julie Sandham. I'm here with Thriving with Unrealistic Expectations, and I look forward to speaking with you next week.